What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the All-American Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr, here bringing you guys another episode today covering the NBA trade deadline next. So as I mentioned today, getting into the NBA trade deadline, and man, what a day we had. I mean, I haven't even, I'll be honest, I'm going to go through every single deal today. That happened starting on even January 23rd with that Rui Hachimura trade all the way up to today. Today was a busy day. I mean, I was uh, I was working. I was at school. I haven't even seen all these trades. So this is basically going to be like a live reaction video. Um, I'm going to be giving grades to each team. I mean, it was a crazy deadline, first of all. I did a post with uh, NBA Trade Center on Instagram, and we did our predictions, and man, were they off. And this was the craziest deadline I had ever seen. And honestly, for the past few days, it, it kind of seemed like everyone was like, you know, come on, like the meme, like, come on, do something. NBA trade deadline. And this morning I woke up to Kevin Durant on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, it even got crazier from there. We had deals all throughout the day, which I will cover today. Uh, I'd love to keep it brief and I will be going, you know, quick grades, uh, quick explanations. I'll do a post about it as well. Uh, but there is just a lot to cover, so no promises. Um, but the NBA, I mean, it, it's changed, man. There's a lot of trades I really didn't see coming. A lot of trade candidates I didn't really understand. Like, the one thing I noticed, especially this year, was a lot of even, you know, contending teams or, uh, you know, teams on an upward trajectory were still, um, you know, very uh, willing to give up, you know, younger players with, uh, you know, higher potentials. Like I, I didn't really understand why Jared Vanderbilt was available. I mean, obviously some of these players are going to be free agents. They have expiring contracts, which I understand, but still Vanderbilt's a guy who's only 23 years old. I didn't understand Bones Highland. I mean, the Nuggets are right now at top of the Western conference by a good margin. And yes, the West is open, but I, Bones Highland is 22. Uh, he, he you know, he's, he has potential in this league. He's on a contending team. Uh, he was their first-round pick just, you know, a year or two ago. Um, but, man, the NBA has really evolved. I mean, we saw the Nets just dumpster sale. Uh, but I'll explain why that isn't so much of a dumpster sale, in my opinion, uh, in just a second. We're going to start off here jumping right into the January 23rd trade. We had the L.A. Lakers acquiring Rui Hachimura from the Washington Wizards. In exchange for uh, Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks in 2023, 2028, and 2029. Quick grades here, quick explanation because I've been over this trade already. But I actually like this move by the Lakers a lot. I think Kendrick Nunn honestly is underrated. Um, I, I thought in the bubble with the Heat, he played phenomenal. He showed his ability. And I remember the first game he played with the Wizards uh, after this move, he was great. Washington's a team that I think should be in the rebuild mode. They're kind of been in no man's land for a while now. They're not a contending team this year as much as they like to think they are. Um, so I, I get why they move off Rui Hachimura, but I think they could have found better options to move off different players. Um, and I know Hachimura is unproven, but he's going to help a Lakers team that is now suddenly very deep. I'll go Washington with a... B plus Lakers with an A minus there. Uh, then we had really the blockbuster. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris unexpectedly going to the Dallas Mavericks of all teams. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first and two second round picks on their way to Brooklyn. Now this is honestly, 
I know it's a huge deal, but this is kind of a mad trade for both teams, in my opinion. I, I would, looking at it, like Dallas, Kyrie and Luka is not going to work out. I can already tell you right now, this is not going to work. I know they have some solid pieces now around him, and maybe it looks like they're helping Luka, but I don't understand it. Kyrie doesn't fit the timeline or the trajectory of that team at all. He's another ball-dominant player, and I get in the NBA now, you know, you have a lot of primary ball handlers, but him and Luka just won't mix well. Uh, they're very similar. They're very, you know, kind of more like selfish players, even though I, maybe I'd classify Luka as more unselfish, at least than Kyrie. But Kyrie has been kind of like the Aaron Rodgers um, of the NBA as of late. You know, he's unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do. He's been kind of a cancer in the locker room. Um, he's been bouncing around from team to team, unhappy and unhappy, no matter how well they're doing. That trade request from Brooklyn was out of nowhere. So to bring him into Dallas, team that's on the rise is a few pieces away from really becoming a contender in the prime of Luca's career. I don't think this move really makes sense. Now, the good thing is they really didn't give up that much to get him. 2029 first round pick definitely hurts a little bit, but by then I, I think they'll be good. Uh, especially with Luca, get him a few pieces. They'll be a contender. Um, and the second round picks don't really matter. There's only two. Dorian Finney-Smith, there's a nice piece on defense. That's a player that they had to give up. But Dinwiddie, I don't mind. I mean, he is a ball-dominant player um, who was really, you know, Kyrie is just a, a much, much enhanced version of Dinwiddie. Um, but, you know, you're basically upgrading that position. Um, and you also get a nice piece in Markeith Morris. So you, you kind of upgrade from... Um, Dinwiddie, or you, you know, take a major upgrade from Dinwiddie to Irving, and uh, you take a slight downgrade uh, in Markeith Morris from Dorian Finney-Smith, who's also younger, and you give up the picks. All in all, I mean, Dallas is not a terrible deal. I'll give it like a B, and Brooklyn a B. I think he could have gotten more to Kyrie Irving, but uh, it seemed like it was time to move on there. You got some nice pieces and hopefully some rebuilding pieces as well. Uh, two simple trades on the 7th uh, yesterday. Kessler Edwards uh, going to Brooklyn for basically nothing. It was draft rights. and uh, Or Kessler Neck Edwards going from Brooklyn to Sacramento. Backup center who really never panned out there. So Sacramento gets a nice piece. They also get some cash. And Brooklyn gets the draft rights to David Michenow. A match trade doesn't really do anything for both sides. Um, unless Kessler gets minutes. Which he could, but the Kings are a good team this year. So, I mean, good. I, I, really no grades there. That's too too simple of a trade. Same thing with the San Antonio-Miami trade. Dwayne Dedman, who is now going to be bought out, uh, headed over to San Antonio, along with a second-round pick uh, for cash to Miami. Not really any grades there. Just simple, simple swaps and salary dumps. Now, this one was huge and very unexpected, and I still don't get this trade. I don't understand it. Um, I, I mean, I kind of do, but it's hard to wrap my head around why some teams would do this. So uh, the Lakers, they get D'Angelo Russell back. Uh, they get Malik Beasley as well and take on Jared Vanderbilt. Minnesota, they get Mike Conley, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and then Damian Jones, as of right now, I think is going to Utah. But there was some confusion between Minnesota and Utah. Not a huge difference, to be honest. Uh, he'll be, you know, a backup or maybe probably not even a rotational center wherever the two places he goes. Minnesota gets three second-round picks. Utah, interestingly enough, gets Russell Westbrook and a 2027 first-round pick. Now, so the Lakers, they get a huge haul. And they do give up that first-round pick, but that was going to be gone at some point. This team has a small window. They will sacrifice that. 
uh, happily for three players. They also move off of Russell Westbrook's contract, which is huge. And you could argue, you know, Westbrook, whatever, was helpful or unhelpful to the team. It seemed like L.A. was just not the right fit. He just wasn't going to work there. Initially, when he came in, I thought that was a great move. Playing the regular season, take the pressure off of LeBron, Anthony Davis, who were injury prone. But he got in an altercation with Darvin Ham the other day. He didn't fit in that team. And now, if Utah, which they very well could, buys him out, he can really have his choice of teams lined up to sign him. Uh, but you move off of that contract, which is huge, because that really offsets the gain you're getting from Russell, Beasley, and Vanderbilt, who are all nice pieces, will definitely help a team that is trying to take advantage of a wide-open Western Conference. Um, and Minnesota got some decent pieces back. I, I don't think – I mean, Mike Conley at 35 doesn't really make any sense to me, but he's a bridge piece, I guess, while you try to fill the void of D'Angelo Russell. And it seemed like Minnesota is quickly regretting that Rudy Gobert trade. They find themselves, you know, just – Barely in that eight spot in the West, but it's wide open. So I guess they tried to, you know, move off of Russell. Beasley had a big contract, but was helpful. And they take on Alexander Walker, a nice young piece, along with maybe Damian Jones and then Juan Toscano Anderson, who could fill out the bench. You also get some second round picks, which could be valuable in future trades. Um, so I'm going to give the Lakers an A. I, I think they did a great job here. Maybe, probably actually A plus by the Lakers. Great job. They instantly get a lot deeper, which is something they struggled with. To really fill out the roster with a whole lot of talent here and three great players. Jared Vanderbilt is a huge asset for them. Uh, Minnesota, they get Mike Conley. They get some younger players, get some picks, but they give up D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, which I don't love. Uh, Minnesota, I'm going to say like a B-. minus. I don't really understand giving up Russell, but I get it. You'd have to pay him. Take on Mike Conley for a little bit, but it seemed like they are kind of, you know, having a conflicting opinion on that Rudy Gobert trade, which looks like it's going to be terrible for the future. And I said that over the summer when they made that trade. Awful trade, messed up the NBA trade market because of how much they had to give up to get him. Um, So I'm going to say, yeah, B minus for Minnesota. It's not the worst because they do get some talent back. Uh, And for Utah, they give up Jared Vanderbilt, which is a huge loss, but you clear up some cap space. And you get a first-round pick. You're going full rebuild mode. This team is going Oklahoma City Thunder style. And, uh, you know, the process in Philadelphia, they're not even taking any talent they have now. They want it down the road. Uh, the, t- the pick is top four protected, but I don't imagine the Lakers will be that bad in 2027. Uh, and, you know, you probably will get rid of Russell Westbrook's contract. So for Utah, I'm going with, I guess, uh, B plus, B plus for Utah. Uh, moving on to a smaller trade on February 8th, Josh Hart going to New York for Cam Reddish, Ryan Archidiakno, Sabine Mikhailuk, and a 2023 lottery-protected first-round pick to Portland. Portland gives up a very valuable and, I think, underrated asset in Josh Hart. Now, maybe they can mold Cam Reddish and you know, fill some sort of his role, a uh, younger piece. And I like Sabine Mikhailuk, a nice shooter with a little bit of potential. Archie Diakono, solid point guard. And you get a first-round pick back. It's lottery protected, but I think the Knicks will probably be in the playoffs. Uh, they're at the seven spot right now. So I think they'll probably use that first-round pick, which is big. All for Josh Hart. Pretty solid deal for Portland. I'm going to give it a B plus, But New York, also a great asset I think they acquired. Reddish wasn't working out. You do sacrifice a first, but I think it's probably worth it. I'm going to give New York a B plus as well. Um, a simpler trade, Jakob Pertl going back to his roots in Toronto, Canada. He's a very underrated center. I like that deal, but 
don't really understand it from the Raptors, Raptors side. It seemed like they were going to be sellers. But they're getting themselves a true center uh, at seven feet tall. I like it. Kind of fits the mold of their team. And they don't need Ken Burke. Uh, they also give up a 2020 for a first-round pick, which is protected. We don't know how protected that is, which will play a big role in two future second-round picks. I like the deal for Toronto. They get a great asset. Don't have to sacrifice too much. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. <coughs> Excuse me. Meanwhile, uh, San Antonio, Pirtle's not really that valuable to them. Doesn't fit the timeline of their team. They get some assets. I'll, I'll give them a B plus. Solid deal, but I think they cut, probably could have gotten more for guy like Jakob. Or actually, yeah, B plus. I'll give them a B plus. Uh, Phoenix, they acquire Kevin Durant, TJ Warren, Brooklyn. They get Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks, and then a pick swap in 2028, which is huge. Now, those first round picks are all spread out uh, at least two years apart. But that's a huge haul. For Kevin Durant and TJ Warren, huge. Absolutely huge. And I think this trade was crazy. 1.30 in the morning, there's an article I read about the negotiations, how they went on all night. Brooklyn had a lot of deals in place with other teams, too, for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, they, they had one from Phoenix, an offer that included like Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, I think a few other assets, uh, that the Nets declined. But they reconvene on Kevin Durant. Phoenix lands Kevin Durant, takes advantage of their kind of small championship we know now with Kevin Dur- with uh, Chris Paul, you know, near retirement age. Um, and, with you know, the roster kind of seemed like they dwindling in the offseason, desperate. The ownership group wasn't on the same page. They get a new owner this very week and completely reshape this team. I like it. They do sacrifice a lot of the future. Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson are two vital piece of their future and Brooklyn gets a great haul I mean they get first round picks uh for a while now pick swap Jay Crowder can be a valuable asset and mark my words the Nets can still compete they're in a solid spot at number five Cam uh Cam Thomas I was confused with Cam Johnson for a second but Cam Thomas has really proven himself like I like what the Nets are building I mean they get a good haul back for uh Kyrie Irving not great but good and it seems like they kind of have a lot of role players mixed in with a lot of young pieces. This is going to be interesting because I think the Nets are actually in a good spot now. Um, and then Kevin Durant and TJ Warren to Phoenix, which are uh, TJ Warren's underrated part of this deal. Like he's going to fill the void because you do lose Bridges and Johnson, but you fill it up with Durant and Warren, who I think is a is an upgrade. I mean, you can argue some spots like definitely the defensive. Uh, and downgraded. Uh, But Kevin Durant, not a bad defender. Bridges and Johnson will be interesting to see how Durant and Warren kind of fill the void. But Phoenix, I'll give an A. And Brooklyn, honestly, this is a good haul for Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. Kevin Durant, 34 years old, too. I'd give them an A- minus as well. I'll give Phoenix an A. or I'll give both teams an A- minus because I think they actually did a good job in this deal. Uh, Phoenix also wasn't using Jay Crowder. So it'll be interesting, but I think Phoenix, they have the most talent in the NBA now. The ring is theirs to take this year, especially in a wide open West. Uh, meanwhile, so Boston and Oklahoma City, my team, the Boston Celtics, they get Mike Muscala, valuable backup center, for really nothing. Two second round picks, Justin Jackson, the guy they weren't using, still his promise, uh, was kind of a uh, very highly decorated player there at UNC in his college career. I'm going to give the Celtics um, an A minus, not much to be said. Oklahoma City, um, you know, B. 
not much in return, but Mike Muscala is the guy they weren't really using, so I guess. But uh, we weren't done with Jay Crowder. That's why I kind of didn't end it with him. I didn't factor him into that Brooklyn deal a lot because Brooklyn then traded Jay Crowder to Milwaukee. They got two second-round picks in return, uh, and Indiana acquired Jordan Nawara, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, and three second-round picks. Now, it sounds like Ibaka is going to be bought out, um, but Nawara is a good piece, and probably George Hill will be bought out. Now I'm looking at it for Indiana. They get three second-round picks, uh, and Nawara, who I think actually has a lot of potential. I uh, liked him at Louisville, solid shooter, um, and, and he played some minutes for Milwaukee this year. Seems like a good asset. Uh, Milwaukee gets a big upgrade with Jay Crowder, a uh, valuable piece of the rotation. Brooklyn gets picks. All in all, I'll give Milwaukee <coughs> an A-. minus. Uh, they didn't really have to give up much in this deal. Hill and Ibaka were guys they weren't using. Um, same with Nawara. Young piece, but really not all that valuable. You upgrade, you get a meaningful piece in your rotation in Jay Crowder. Brooklyn gets a decent haul back. Um, I'll give them a B, not much. I mean, Jay Crowder wasn't even theirs to begin with. In Indiana, uh, they didn't do much either, but I'll give them a B plus because uh, they you know, get a valuable young piece that rebuild in Jordan Awara, hopefully. Um, next trade, Denver and L.A., a simple one. Denver got Thomas Bryant, who I think is a talented center. Lakers didn't need him anymore. Uh, you'll see later on why. Um, and the Lakers got Davin Reed and three second-round picks. Simple, simple trade here. Denver, I'd give um, an A- minus because they didn't really do much. I mean, like, I don't know. They didn't really sacrifice a whole lot. But three second-round picks for Thomas Bryant was a little questionable. Uh, Lakers on there, and they get a uh, an A minus here uh, because I mean they weren't really using Thomas Bryant. You get some trade assets and those second round picks and Davin Reed who can maybe do something off the bench. Um, and then Svi Luke still on the move. He goes to Charlotte in another three team deal along with a few second round picks. Uh, Portland they get Matisse Tybel, valuable piece who can kind of fill the role of Josh Hart, hopefully at least defensively. And Philadelphia gets Jalen McDaniels. Very interesting trade piece here. Now, for Charlotte, not sure why they did this deal. Mikhailu could be valuable, but I'm going to give them uh, a B-minus on this one. We'll see how many second-round picks it is because it's not clarified right now. Portland, I like this deal for them. They really didn't have to give up anything. Uh, I'll give them an A. And Philadelphia, A as well. Jalen McDaniels is a valuable, valuable piece. Now, this was a four-team trade, even bigger, still involving Portland, who was aggressive, as they claimed to be, um, before the deadline started. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Detroit acquired James Wiseman, second former number two overall pick uh, from the Warriors a few years ago. A lot of potential, but they did give up Sadiq Bey, who goes on the move to Atlanta. Golden State, they get Gary Payton back. Portland, they get five future second-round picks and Kevin Knox. Uh, Detroit, I, you know, I, I understand the upside move with James Wiseman, but they're already pretty deep down there in the front court. I think Sadiq Bey was a valuable piece. I think that's a mistake when they look back on it. And Wiseman, guys who you know go from number two to try – you're trying to pan them out in the G League. The success rate is very, very low. So maybe they can do something with him. But I think Sadiq Bey is a lot more valuable than an asset. Uh, and Golden State, for their end, Atlanta, I think, got a, a great deal. They weren't using Kevin Knox, and the picks don't really matter. Atlanta got a great deal. I mean, they get Sadiq Bey, valuable, valuable piece. 
um, to their roster right now as they compete in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Golden State, now I don't like this deal for Golden State. I'll tell you why. They had the option to re-sign Gary Payton in the offseason. Now they let him walk because of cap space, obviously. But they could have moved James Wiseman then. Instead, they basically trade James Wiseman for Gary Payton um, along with picks. And you're taking on big salary. So I don't. I think they could have done a much better job of this, got something for James Wiseman, and then re-signed Gary Payton. The way they handled this wasn't great because they really don't get much for James Wiseman. I think Payton is obviously valuable, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I just don't, don't like that for Golden State. And then Portland, they give up Payton, but they get five future second-round picks and Kevin Knox. It seemed like Payton wasn't really working out in Portland anyway. It seemed like that was an overpay. Uh, which is also a negative for Golden State because they got to take on a big contract. Now, Detroit, I'm going to give a B-. minus. They do get Wiseman with some potential, but they gave up Sadiq Bey. Atlanta, uh, I think they get an A-plus on this one. Really didn't give up a whole lot, and they get Sadiq Bey, a very valuable asset. Golden State, I'm going to give a C-plus on this one. They do get Gary Payton, who I like, but the way they handled that whole James Wiseman situation, no, awful. Um, the only uh, They would get an F for that, to be honest. But the only reason it's bringing it up is because Gary Payton. Now, Portland, they do give up Payton, but they get a lot of picks back and Kevin Knox. I'll give it a B. They're not going to use Kevin Knox that much, but a lot of picks in return that can be used in future trades. Now, the LA Lakers, they got Mo Bamba to fill their center position. That's why I mentioned the Thomas Bryant trade. Uh, and then Orlando, they acquire Patrick Beverly, who they will maybe buy out. We'll see. I mean, it looks like they're probably out of the playoffs this year. I'd assume they buy him out, but I haven't really heard anything. And a second-round pick from Obama. Orlando really didn't get much in this deal, especially because Patrick Beverly is not all that valuable. They're not really going anywhere this season. And Beverly, I shouldn't say he isn't valuable because he is valuable to contending teams, but it doesn't fit the mold in the Magic. They're a long, lanky team. They need as much playing time as they can get for their younger players. Uh, Beverly's just going to eat that up. And, you know, Beverly requires tenacity. And, you know, it's it's not like like he won't be the same player, but he just wanted that aggressiveness, that drive to him. The rest of the team is just not that good. They're young. And maybe in a few years this move makes sense. But Mo Bamba is a valuable asset. And the way the Magic, I mean, they get a one second-round pick. He got like five second-round picks in that Kevin Knox deal. You got three for Thomas Bryant. Um, Beverly's not going to be that valuable to them. I give Orlando a D, to be honest. They really didn't get anything in this trade. For the Lakers, I mean, they do give up Beverly, which kind of sucks because he was big. I mean, he tweeted right after the the trade they made earlier with D'Lo. He was hyped. Hopefully, Orlando buys him out and they get him back. Um, That would be awesome. But I'll I'll give them an A for this deal. Although They could have used Beverly, but now I guess... The empty Angela Russell, you have Dennis Schroeder at the point guard position. Might have been hard for uh, for Beverly to scratch by with some minutes. Uh, L.A. Clippers, they got Mason Plumley in exchange for Reggie Jackson, 2028 second-round pick. I don't know. I mean, Jackson, yeah, he's fallen out of favor, I guess, in L.A., but I don't think Plumley is that valuable an asset. I, I think, you know, on a lot of other teams besides Charlotte – who has been missing a center for years, he's just not going to be that good. Like, he got a lot of playing time and played well, but he was there for years. On a team like the Clippers, where they already have some big men down there, yes, they have a need, but Plumlee's not going to be all that valuable. They give up Red Jacks, and they give up a pick. Not too much. I think I think Charlotte got the better end on this deal, though. I'd give Charlotte... Um, 
an A on this one because they get Jackson, talented player. Maybe they buy him out. Who knows? And LA, I'm, I'm going to give a C plus. I just really don't think they needed this deal. I don't think Plumlee is all that good. And I don't know. It just doesn't really make sense to me at all. Plus, you give up a pick. Uh, not huge, but I don't know. Just I, I don't love that trade really for either side. doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, this one will stir the pot a little bit, especially with John Wall's comments he made to Houston as a bleed. Now, he's most likely going to get bought out along with Danny Green. Houston got John Wall, Danny Green, and the 2023 first-round pick swap with the Clippers this year. Uh, Meanwhile, L.A., they get Eric Gordon in three second-round picks. Memphis gets Luke Kennard. So Memphis and Luke Kennard I I like because they – um, give up, you know, some picks, but, and Danny Green, not all that valuable. I think the Rockets are going to buy out both Green and Wall. They're the worst team in the NBA. They're in no position to keep those guys. Just free up some cap space while you can. They trade Eric Gordon and they get a pick swap from the Clippers. Um, not sure that's going to work, but you get a trade asset. I guess for Houston, I'll give this one like a B plus. It, 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 a lot of these grades will probably change depending on whether the teams, you know, what they do with these older guys, whether they buy them out or not. Houston will give a B plus. Eric Gordon just didn't fit with this team at all. He was visibly upset. I guess he get something for him instead of like you know releasing him. Um, now L A. They get Gordon three second round picks. I like that deal. They do give up John Wall, but there's a good chance they can get him back. They do give up Luke Kennard. Gordon's a valuable asset, but he's not that valuable. I give them like a B minus on that one. They have to give a lot back. Now they do get the second round picks, which is huge, but Kennard, not all that bad. You give up John Wall as well. I don't know. And then Memphis uh, acquires Luke Kennard. Don't have to give up that much because that pick swap to Houston wasn't theirs. Do give up a little bit of second round um, compensation, but I don't know. LA, LA and Houston went over their grades. Memphis, I'll, I'll give a B plus. Luke Kennard can be a valuable asset as a nice shooter off the bench. Three more trades to go over. We had one with New Orleans and uh, San Antonio. New Orleans, they get Josh Richardson, who I think could be a very nice 3 and D piece off the bench. Now they give it Devontae Graham, who they signed this offseason, and four second-round picks to San Antonio. Now, Richardson was a piece in that Romeo Langford deal who San Antonio didn't really need. You get Devontae Graham with four second-round picks. I like this deal for both sides. New Orleans, they gave up a lot, though, for Josh Richardson. I think they overpaid. I'll give them a B just because Devontae Graham didn't really fit in. Kind of overpaid for him the offseason. Now, San Antonio, they got a younger player. They got some draft compensation. Not all that valuable, but four second-round picks is a lot. I'll give New Orleans, I think I said a B or a B minus and um, San Antonio, I'll give an, I'll give an A plus. I like Devontae Graham. I like his potential. And for a younger team that really has nothing to lose, I like that deal. Uh, Oklahoma City, they get Dario Saric in a second round pick uh, from Phoenix for Darius Baisley. Don't understand this trade for OKC because they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Saric is an older player. And I guess Baisley wasn't working out, but he's still young. I mean, I, I don't know. They they had to give up, um, or they get a second round pick back, but not all that valuable. I don't think this really helps their case for their team, just because Saric doesn't really fit in. I guess he kind of replaces Mike Muscala, maybe you play him as a stretch five. But OKC, I'm going to give a B minus or a C plus. I don't really understand that trade. And Phoenix, uh, they get a 
I don't know. They weren't really using Saric. Second round pick. I don't know. Phoenix, I'll, I'll give an A minus. Why not? Maybe you find something Darius Baisley, a nice youngster, uh, while you, you know you sacrifice your future. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they find something at Baisley you can replace like Cam Johnson. And then the very last trade here as we approach 30 minutes on the podcast is Garrison Matthews, a nice shooter, along with Bruno Fernando, a backup center, to Atlanta for Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky. One deal I, I don't understand again for Houston because they're not competing, and they basically just get older here with Holiday and Kaminsky, who aren't really going to be contributors to their team. I, I don't envision at least, maybe. Um, at some point, if they choose to keep all these older players, and it's not like Matthews and Fernando are a total salary dump. Uh, so Atlanta, I, I, you know, they weren't really using those two, and maybe they find something in Matthews as a shooter or Fernando as a backup center. They originally had Fernando, I remember, uh, about two years ago before he was shipped off to Boston. Uh, I'm going to give Atlanta like an A-, minus on, a-, a, actually, on this one. I don't know. They get, they get younger, and they didn't really need to. Um, and you know, you have a higher ceiling for Houston. It's the exact opposite. You have a lower ceiling, I guess a higher floor maybe, but it's not like there was really any point in this trade being made, but it was the last one and teams are just, you know, calling desperate at the end. So Houston, I'm going to give a C on that trade. And that was every single trade that happened, man. That was, uh, I'm, I'm out of breath. I'm out of words. That was a crazy NBA trade deadline though. Um, I plan to talk about it, hopefully, with a lot of you guys. Uh, let me know if you want to be on. I know I've been in contact with a few more NBA pages um, to really break it down further. These are just kind of quick, brief grades. Obviously, time will tell if these great, if these you know trades really do work out. Uh, but with a wide-open NBA championship window, especially in the Western Conference, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they all pan out. This was one of the craziest trade deadlines I've seen in my life, probably the craziest. Uh, for the NBA, and it was just, I mean, it's its awesome. You, you see players move spots, see them work out. We saw, you know, the, really the downfall of the Nets, or maybe not, as I said. I think they can still compete for a playoff spot and be a dangerous team. See a team like the Lakers get some massive upgrades. I don't know. It was a crazy deadline, um, but I loved how it all unfolded. And those are my grades, my reaction uh, to the trade. So now I know every single trade. I covered everything on this deal or on this uh on this episode and I will hope to see you guys next time for now. Uh, I'll say peace.